Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is time for some snappy J's after the offensive line and defensive line of Ohio State met with the media after spring practice number four. That's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, I am Austin Ward. It's Bill's day. Bill day. Let's just get out of the way right now. Love Do you it. need us here Monday, or are you good? Monday, 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 Tuesday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, when, what day? Thursday, huh? Bill day. Bill day. Bill day. That was a good day. It was a good day. I, uh, I feel like better about the offensive line ever talking to these guys. Um, I don't know that I should or have any feelings about the offensive line or talking to people, but I feel I feel better about it. Um, but why do you feel better? Be, like put a face to it. Yeah, Josh Fryer is just like a super confident dude, a left tackle. He's like, yeah, like doubt doubt that I can play there. Please please do that, and I'll just like use it and make myself the, uh, a better left tackle. Carson Hinsman been like has been here for nine months, and he is expecting him to be in this position to be in the battle for for starting center. Tegar Shabol is a super confident kid for only being in his second year. So, um, you know, I, I, we'll get a better feel for it when we get to see him on the field uh, in, in a couple of days. But I, I think just in terms of, like, mindset and, and how they feel and the positions that they're in right now, everyone seems, like, pretty comfortable and, and seems like they're progressing in the way that they should. Even Zen Mahalski is, like, you know, it's not easy to move from, from the left side to the right side, and I've had some struggles with it, but I feel like I'm getting better every day. So um, I think they're in a good spot. Well, I mean, we'll see what it means. But, um, yeah, comfortable, I think, is, is the word I would use to describe how everyone is kind of projecting right now. For me, the, the first time we really got a chance to see all these guys up close since the end of the season, and Carson Hensman we've talked about for the last three weeks about just physically how different he looks. Mm-hmm. But Zed Mahalski looks a lot different. Tagore Shibola looks like a – I mean, if He's you're – cat. Yeah, if you're playing Madden and you're creating an offensive lineman, it probably looks a lot like Tagore Shibola. I mean, he is big. He is thick. And the kid – now, you mentioned confidence. I think that's the one area, like, he has to buy in. that He, he knows he belongs here. Um, the other guys have all sort of figured that out. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tegra has that same – juice to him yet like i think he's he said he's kind of working with the twos and then he quickly thought, caught himself and then said oh we're rotating like it's <laughs> like so right now i would say zen probably is going to be your one at right tackle but all of these guys justin fry's done a great job letting them know why they're here and and saying you were recruited here for a reason understand you may not be dewan jones or paris johnson but you came to ohio state and we wanted you for a reason go out there and, and show it and, and you can definitely see that uh yeah there's um physical transformation i even thought that donovan donnie jackson his arms looked um like they were inflated yeah Yeah. i don't know he got stung by stung by a bee or something i mean they were massive so he's clearly confident he talked a little bit about the the break uh glass in case of emergency situation that berm has described to tackle that doesn't they had a conversation in the offseason justin fry and and jackson about that doesn't seem like that's a road that anybody really wants to go down they would um, Justin Fry also said if he had to play center that, that he could do that after they cut the, the tape off of his wrist. So there's still a lot, an incredible amount of confidence there. And then I think it does come uh, to Berm's point from Justin Fry. If, if you're talking about being cool and confident and relaxed, I, I don't know that there's any coach who has embodied that more in media sessions than him. It's a lot of it's good football talk also with like some folksy old time you know, football cliches yeah. and, and jokes. And, and I think that that's, that's where that's coming from, from this unit. Like we've talked about the inexperience at tackle and if there might need to get somebody in the portal out of May. And if that's something in the back of his mind, certainly he's not projecting that to the rest of the room. They, those guys seem to believe in what they're doing. Yeah, I think I, maybe it's a product of like Justin Fry being the son of a high school football coach, but he has this really good balance of like understanding the stakes and the professional mindset of being in a place like Ohio State, but then also building like the interpersonal relationships. I think you need to have at the, at the lower levels of football to bring the best out of people. And 
Um, he is a really good offensive line coach, I think, just from a technical standpoint. But the way he's been able to navigate a different personalities, push the right buttons, keep everybody engaged, um, that's part of the reason why, why I think that they're in a really good place. But he needs help doing that, too, which is why one of the, one of the things that I was um, happy to hear from Carson Hinsman was uh, they had a play out here on Tuesday during practice where Carson said he left Donovan kind of out the hang, hung him out the drive basically like left him on an island and there was a, a broken play there and donovan pulled him aside and said like listen man you can't do that like <laughs> he said he said donovan chewed me out a little bit so um if you're wondering who was stepping up in, in that room and kind of being the voice in addition in addition to justin fry and, and mike Salini, that's donovan jackson yeah the offensive line i can understand where the confidence you know they say feeling a little different there still is a concern with depth uh there is yeah. not a lot and, and you know, you look at Vic Cutler and what he's been able to do and in, in getting himself acclimated to being at Ohio State and um, coming from Louisiana Monroe, it's a big adjustment. So we talked about him earlier in the week. You're going to need him to be able to play all five positions because the question marks about Ben Christman and Grant Toutant and, um, you know, Trey LaRue, the, the Enoch Vamahi, who we, you know, I would have expected that we talked to today. We didn't. You didn't know, talk Matthew Jones either. Or Matthew Jones. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, there's there's some depth issues here. So this spring is obviously big for the, the starting five and putting the best five out there. But to figure out who actually can play come November, is, I think there are ways away from that beyond those guys. We had this conversation earlier in the week just to add on top of that for the center situation. Uh, Carson Hensman, I, I would expect to be taking the first snaps for Ohio State on Saturday in the scrimmage, but uh, Justin Fry did sort of throw in a couple extra cents on Jacob James and called him a, a pissed-off bulldog yeah. that he's been you know standing right behind, obviously trying to get those mental reps, but uh, we know that he's done some extra work and is doing everything physically he can on his own throughout this spring, but they, you know, he, he knows that the competition does shift once Jacob James gets a little bit of physical clearance to go at it. Um, That'll be fun to watch between Hinsman and James, and I think both of those guys are more than capable of handling that. But and uh, that's also a projection because we haven't seen either of them do it yet. Yeah, I think, and that might help with some of the depth concerns if you have, you know, kind of have like two and a half centers. I, honestly, you can include Matthew Jones. You have a lot of guys who can snap um, some more depth on the interior when Shakeo comes back. Justin Fry did say that George Fitzpatrick lost his black stripe after practice on Thursday, so he didn't uh, let the social media crew handle it. Yeah, he. he I'm starting like. It feels like less of a big deal than it used to be. Yeah, it um, sure does. Yeah, but but it happened, and and it does. I think it does matter to a certain extent. So he's like your backup left tackle, I guess, at this point yeah. behind Josh Fryer. So um, it's at the very least a good sign that some of those younger depth guys are progressing in the right way. And you can't completely ignore Luke Montgomery and Austin Saraveld and, and Josh Padilla, who probably, I mean, as we look ahead through the summer and into the fall, if you're if you're stacking them up against. Grant Tutant and Ben Chrisman and, and uh, Trey LaRue, I think you have a better shot of seeing the true freshman probably oh, yeah. step into that role based on just what we continue to hear. And, and it, this is a huge spring for those three guys. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Pretty big on the defensive line as well for uh, Larry Johnson and the Rushman. I would start with Jack Sawyer being borderline ecstatic about being <laughs> a defensive end uh, and not having to worry about the Jack. Now, he did get about... One, two, three, four, fifty-five questions about it, and he did get a little annoyed. And so I was, he was like, "Are we making too big a deal out of it?" And he was kind of like, "Kinda," except that he does want to put his hand in the ground and be a defensive end again. And he's had that opportunity now four times in the spring, and I think he's really happy about that. Yeah, he just said like rushing from a stand-up position did not feel natural to him, and you certainly don't want that in someone's head when they're out there trying to make plays on the football field. So him with his hand in the rubber pellets or whatever, whatever these <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, I guess it's not dirt. Yeah, there's plenty of rubber pellets for him to stick his hand in on this turf field. So I'm sure he feels right at home doing that. No, but it's good for them. Like they need, 
he said it like we need to generate more production from from the pass rush and I'm, I'm sure he puts a lot of that on his shoulders and if him being in his natural position of defensive end helps that then the defense should be better for it yeah and you see i talked a lot about it at roosters on monday about my concern about the depth on the defensive end position behind jack and jt2 Malowau. and i'm going to tell you this is the first time since he got here last year where i saw Mari abor walk off the field and i said Something looks different about that guy. And uh, I asked a number of guys, and it seems like the light has come on there. And if he can be that dude, Ohio State took sort of a chance on him in the recruiting game because there was some belief that maybe he'd have preferred to stay closer to home and that a lot of the schools around there weren't actually going after him that aggressively. And Larry Johnson believed in him. He had a tough freshman year, hurt his knee, had some issues with social media where he was putting mm. out some dumb stuff about where he should have gone to school and this and that. But looking at him today, he looked like a different guy. And if you can get that, and then Kenyatta Jackson, who said he's up to 253 pounds. That dude's uh, a monster. Uh, and then you have Aiden, Caden Curry, who's at 258 where he wants to be. But he looks, uh, we talked on the first spring practice, Caden Curry looked beefy. Uh, he's the same weight now, but looks trimmed so i thought jack looked the same too jack as well yeah. you know these, these guys are they're getting back into football shape and you can see that there's actually some positivity i think from those backup defensive ends uh, obviously always been positive about caden curry but between kenyatta jackson and omari abor something seemed different i think that omari some of this i'm going to project some of it uh i know a little bit about i thought he, he expected it to be really easy when he showed up and that's just not the case and we've seen that happen for a lot of defensive ends who show up at Ohio State with, you know, high rankings, four or five star or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you could tell sort of by the the maturation process that it would have been really easy for him to say, well, it was that I was supposed to be out there. Then I hurt my knee. It didn't happen. I don't believe that that's, you know, I'm getting what I deserve at Ohio State and I'm out of here. He didn't do that. And I think that sometimes you have to give credit where it's due in that respect that he made the decision to stick it out. They can do whatever they want, but he understands that, you know, he has seen the other guys on Ohio State's defensive line go through that same process, and I'm sure that Larry Johnson has described that in great detail. And I know that the way that they handle that film study about where you are in high school and what it looks like when you're Chase Young at the end, how different it can be. So uh, if that is a more mature mindset, and we certainly see the physical tools developing for Omari Abor, that's nothing but positive for Ohio State. The same is true for Kenyatta Jackson. We know physically that that part was there, and I think you know Zach Harrison described this as like, understanding what it takes to do it consistently and not just flashing from play in and play out. JT Tuimolo out. It's like, yeah, once he taps into that, we know how good he can be. Yeah. And that that's going to go a long way because as much as I talk about the rotation, you can't go through a year with just two defensive well, ends. I was just so. going to say, as much as we have been hard on Larry Johnson in the last couple of months because of the way last season went and because of just some recruiting malfunctions and that kind of stuff, his group is tighter than any group on this team out every year in talking to one of the classmates for Omari Abor, he said, you know, we realized he was in a bad space and like they went to bat for him and went to him and said, we, we are here for you. We are going to get you through this. And when you see that, and then you see a guy come out of the other side, like you realize that what Larry Johnson sells still resonates a big, big deal to the guys in his room. So um, kudos to him for that. And, and, you know, I know he gets a lot of flack or we've given him a lot of flack lately because the production has dropped from what you'd expect it to be. But if you're talking about just a guy who his players buy into and believe in, Larry Johnson is still at the top of that list. Yeah, that's, ne that's never been in question. And I think 
He is uh, probably over the course of his career here has has been the best of anyone on the staff, or at least among the best of helping guys get through that wall. Because mm-hmm. um, you know we don't like to. Oh, pres- Jaden McKenzie's still here. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, there's. I, I bet like you know under different circumstances, Tyler Williams probably might, might want to leave by this point too. And you don't like to project about that stuff like as it's happening. But if someone would ask me like, "Hey, who do you think is not going to be in the roster this year?" I would have said like Amari Abor. And like he's still here, and I think when when he's here and he works through that, I think the other end of that can be really special with a player um, of, of his talents. And I too, I'm curious, like maybe your guys' opinion on this, the way that Caden Curry plays, like the the way that he plays, which got him more of a role last year than the other two ends in that class got. Do you think that shows guys like Kenyatta Jackson and Amari were like, hey, like this is what it takes for me to get on the field, like that motor, that that consistent motor to be out there? I think it has to. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't show you that, then you're not paying attention to what's going on around you. And then it shows that you're not really interested in, in you know, learning what it takes because it's clear. I mean, that's when you're a freshman at Ohio State, and especially if you're a guy coming in and you're playing behind superstar type players like JT Tuomaloa, Zach Harrison, et cetera, want to is how you get onto the mm-hmm. field. If you come in here and expect to coast and expect it to, as Austin said, to be easy, like you are going to find it to be very hard. Caden's situation is also unique in that he could still play on special teams and that gave him a different leg up. But I think your point is well taken. The fact that he wanted to do it and approached it like an absolute maniac certainly helps. I I wonder, though, with with Caden, just for a little bit of if there's any nagging concern in the back of my mind, it's that I don't I don't know that these defensive ends. We've talked about Caden a lot with the Jack. I, I feel like they might be better off with him at defensive end and. We've said C.J. Hicks' name a lot, but mm-hmm. borrowing from other positions, and I think, oh, Mitchell per- Elton. I mean, obviously, yeah, is the if name. he's healthy, yeah, I think I, I just have that in the back of my mind after what happened with Jack Sawyer a year ago, and knowing what Caden Curry's versatility is, I hope that Ohio State doesn't get box itself in by trying to do too much. I know that that's a paradox, but I think they. He, he's somebody who needs to have a position and that he can just go do it rather than saying, "Well, Caden can, Curry can do everything." Yeah, and, and let's try that. Yeah, that, I mean, that, we've seen guys get stuck there before. That's that's not a good spot to be. And I think, and I think, you know, we've had this conversation about like are Larry and, and Jim Knowles on the same page, and, and maybe like a little bit too much is made of that. But I, I do think that's the one value of have, of of Larry Johnson's experience and expertise is like he's going to pound the table. I think to make sure that his guys don't get stuck in limbo that way. And yeah. if that means they got to find another place to find someone for the Jack or the Jack just doesn't really come to fruition the way that Jim Knowles wants it to. Um, I, I'd rather it be that than have someone as talented as Caden or Jack Sawyer get stuck like that. Um, Court uh, Court uh, Williams did not have a arm cast on today. No brace. He was oh, yeah. How about um, walking without any sort of thing. So maybe you get him back into the mix. Obviously, he's not going to do a whole lot this spring, but I mean, positive because last time we were in here, he had still had his arm sling on. Mm-hmm. So um, One thing this team needs is more safeties. I just want, I just want, I just want Court Williams to have a chance to, no, of course, to do yeah. something. I just love the kid, and, and yeah. um, you just hope that he gets fortunate enough to get through a season without his arm falling off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, just like looking around at guys as a rock on the field, like Evan Pryor had pads on. I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, I can't imagine we'll see him in live scrimmage action, but no, no way. the fact that he's wearing shoulder pads and like has nothing on his legs that looks like a brace, um, I think is a good sign of where he's at in his uh, recovery. Yeah, we'll get a closer look at that on Saturday with uh, an open scrimmage. Very excited for that. We're going to preview it uh, in more detail on uh, the podcast daily, a Freaky Friday edition uh, tomorrow morning. Look for that. Uh, But for Snap Judgments, that's going to be a wrap here on the offensive and defensive line. The the two biggest groups and a a free-for-all as a media day in here 
Uh, spring practice rolls along, as does the coverage at ohiostate.rivals.com and on the podcast. For Bill and Burr, I'm Austin. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you later.